Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. As a matter of fact, that's what the climb means. We put it together for a reason. C-L-I-M-B. We want you to win. Creating leverage in the music business. That's what we're here for. I want to introduce you to my co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent the most is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Yeah. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, we all know why there's no S, because there's only one, Johnny Dwinell. <laughs> and the world is grateful for that, I promise you. Amen. How are you, brother? Man, I'm good. I'm tired. This is our, our first uh, recording since I got back from China. And so let me just say to everyone out there, Ni hao. Ni hao. How's that going? How's that going? Like, I know, but they need to know. Like, this yes, is exciting. It, it, so. is, it is crazy. Uh, so thanks for everyone that's uh, man. People have been very kind, like over at Songwriting Pro and in the Facebook group, and you know asking and and everything and giving support, and that's been great. Uh, so yeah, we're at this point. We're a couple weeks back home, and so we got the two guys, and we're just blending them into our family, and it's uh, it's crazy, but it's crazy good. It's not easy, but it's worth it. I guess is the 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 short version I of love it. That. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it's pulling out things out of all of us we didn't know were in us is in like ooh I'm selfish in that area I didn't know about that ooh my kid my Ozzy is definitely selfish in that area well there we go let's expose that and work on that a little bit here's a growth opportunity Sharing. wow what uh, an amazing journey <laughs> So, uh, but it's good, man. Uh, Quill, the uh, the younger one, he's just uh, I call him his uh, Shaolin, you know, Kung Fu Panda name is Laughing Duck because he just <laughs> loves to giggle and laugh, laugh, laugh. And uh, our older one, Ren, I call him the Stalking Stork because he's quiet. We'll be on a walk. We're like, Where's Ren? Oh, he's right beside us. He's just quiet. <laughs> And his and his legs are like two little chopsticks. They're skinny as all get out. So he's like stalking storks. So uh, <laughs> he's taking. But they're both in. cool. There we go. And uh, they're awesome. They're just very different from each other. But they're you know they're best buddies already. So that has helped a lot. That they you know they're just jabbering on in Mandarin tonight. And Emily and I are like we have no idea what what they're saying. You know over like their train table playing with the trains and stuff. And every once in a while at dinner. Quill will lean over to Ren and be like, cha, 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 cha. I'm like, why is he whispering? We don't know what he's saying anyway. <laughs> What's he saying about me? I know. You're telling me a lot more just by the fact that you're whispering than you know you would be by saying it out loud. But, uh, but it's, it's going well. Funny. It's going well. So I had um, I just left uh, Mike Widener's studio today. One of my artists, Jacob Cade, is working with him on a record. Mm -hmm. And I had my intern, John, with him and John is a mix of Mexican and uh, Nicaraguan and mm -hmm. his first language is Spanish. 
mm-hmm. John's was. And uh, he's a Marine. He's like, he's at Belmont on the GI Bill. Like he's, he's all, he's, dude, he's awesome. And we were doing some interviews today and I had John mm-hmm. do the questions. And uh, uh, Jacob Cade's uh, part Mexican as well. And so mm-hmm. like his mom is like, okay, I want you to answer some of these questions in Spanish, which is genius. Because yes. that the other half of the hemisphere of the freaking planet <laughs> is going to be like, oh my God, like he's got guns. He's totally cute. And he speaks my language. I don't care what he plays. I love him. Right. So from a marketing <laughs> right. perspective, I'm like, yes, excellent. I'm yes. like, you know, Mr. Burns, like tapping my fingertips <laughs> yes, together. And John yeah. uh, knows it, it, that was his first language is Spanish. And so we got into a conversation about first languages and how they learn. And, 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 John was joking. He's like, man, I mean, if you heard me, my mom has video of me like trying to learn English. And it's funny because if you talk to John on the phone, you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. There's no accent. There's no Spanish tinge. Mm-hmm. He's from Miami. He, he he's, he's an American, you know what I mean? But he yeah. speaks very fluent Spanish like, the, like it's somebody's business. And uh, so Michael Wagner is German, and Michael's first language was German. And Michael's in the studio. And he's like, "Oh, I learned, um, I learned English uh, initially from uh, Cheech and Chong movies." <laughs> and I'm like, "Of course you did." <laughs> and that's genius. So I would, I'm, two months from now, I want to, I want an update on yes. the progress of the Eng- of the of the of the English. Mm-hmm. For Quill and for Ren, and like, where did they learn it? Like, <laughs> what, oh, yeah. what was it's, it that they clued into that made them sort of? I, I know I've had friends. You know, one guy we know, he's he's from China. He's like, I just watch Friends, and I watch the show Friends, and that's how you know I just sit in front of that all the time, and that's how I learn English. I'm like, oh, we're not letting our kids watch that, but <laughs> well, well, there's worse something. things. <laughs> there, there are worse things, but yeah, you know. 13 and 7. But uh, anyway, but right now, Quill's, or Quill doesn't say much, but uh, at least in English. But Ren, he's funny. He'll just chase Ruby Jean around and go, Ruby Jean, Ruby Jean. Really? He's so Ozzy. Yes. Yeah, they, they got some words. So it's just funny. All right, so, one out. so today we're going to sit at the foot of the master and we've got some deep, deep stuff to get into because one line in your song could wreck it. And correct, you are correct, and so you don't want your enlightened. You want your, yes, I, you want your song to be got, correct. I got my pen. Correct. I'm All ready right. to take notes. Click it. I, I don't have a Clicking. clicker. I got a thing that you oh. pull off. I can't. Click. Got a cap. I, I that's all right. Yeah, I got a cap. Pen. <laughs> that's all right. I feel like I feel like I'm in the wrong party right now. That's all right. <laughs> it's a clicky. It's a. You're not part of the click. Um, <laughs> not part of the so, click. Anyway, uh, yes, this is how one line can kill your song, you know? And so, and so we're going to talk about that. We're going to know how just one line in your song can really mess up its chance for success. Well, there are a few ways. And just to preface this, you know, as you, as you hopefully know, as a writer, every line in your song is important. Each and every line is important. Every line needs to be on point. Every line needs to point to the central idea, the theme, the vibe of your song. Every line has to pull its own weight. Every line has a job to do, which, I mean, that's should be a whole episode just by itself, is that, you know, everything, you don't want to chase any rabbits, you don't want to, you know, take any weird left turns and come back around to the point of the song. We don't have time for subplots and for asides and all this stuff, really. It's especially, you know, the water I swim in, which is country, 
it's really focused. It's got to be on point. And I'd say the same for the gospel market and probably for most markets. You know, it really needs to be on point, especially if you're writing for other people to record your song. They need to hear it and be moved by it and know where it's going the first time they hear it. They don't have the advantage of, well, I know what was in my head when I wrote it. Like yeah. some singer songwriters might have that advantage. But so everything needs a pull in a in a single direction. Uh, I, I use the analogy because I love songwriting analogies. It's like, you know, what's the difference between a spotlight and a laser? Ooh. Focus. Oh, focus, right? That's They're both light. I'm still that. Focus. Now, a spotlight's cool. It's great, but a laser will burn a hole through something. A laser is a lot more powerful than a spotlight because of the focus. So you want your every line of your song to be focused because you want it to have that power. So, but when you don't do that, sometimes a single line can mess up your song's chance to get recorded or to connect with your listener. And I'm not talking about you know the the chase the rabbit line like oh oh that line or this line was a little off topic or it was a little confusing okay yeah those things are to be avoided you don't want to have those in your song either because they do hurt your song but that's not what I'm talking about you know that's just kind of general knowledge you don't have lines that I don't understand and don't take odd left turns but there are a few specific type of lines I want to talk about tonight that will mess up your song so you ready yeah crack it. Cracking knuckles, clicking pins. All right. Um, I got my pen in hand. Here we go. All right. The first one is the cornerstone slash stumbling block line. Okay. So it's a mistake to make one line of your song too important. All right. Let me say that again. It's weird. Yeah, you don't think about that. But it's a mistake to make one line of your song too important. You know, the line where you think, okay, if the listener misses this one line, they'll get lost. You don't want that line in your song because it's a dangerous way to write. Because if the listener misses that one line, they get lost. Well, you know what? They're probably going to miss that one line, or a lot of people are, right? You don't want to hang too much of the weight of your song on one line because, sadly, you can't expect too much of the listener's attention. Not these days. That's good. Because, you know, the sad fact is listeners usually won't give your song their full undivided attention especially not at the beginning. You can't even expect A&R people to give you their full and undivided attention. People at a showcase to give you their full and undivided attention. They're just, we got a lot going on. Yep. You know, so, you know, imagine with me, new song comes on the radio and, you know, you're driving. So what are you doing? You're changing lanes. You know, your phone may ring. Changing the somebody radio station. Somebody, somebody, yeah, you may come in partway through the song or whatever, or it may fade out or somebody may honk at you, cut you off. So you're busy flipping double birds and yelling, you know, or eating a Big Mac while you're driving or whatever it is, you know, yelling at a kid in the car. I, I try to build my songs expecting that the listener will zone out for at least a line or two somewhere in the middle of the song when they get a text, honk at a bad driver, or get some notification on their phone. You know, I just try to build it in a way that it can withstand that. And I mean, withstand it by it's still going to make sense. They're still going to get it. If that makes sense. That so, does make sense. Well, um, so the, is there an example that comes to mind yes. in your head? Um, yeah, it may be just be like, oh, this, you know, this is a little bit of a vague song, but this one line is what really like drives it home. Like, this is what I've been talking about. This is where I pull back the curtain. You know, the one line, or this is a one line where it twists, and I let you know that it, it was all a dream or that I'm talking to myself in the mirror or that kind of thing. Um, 
And so it's hard to think of an example because I usually don't hear them on the radio <laughs> and I don't write them, <laughs> but I have, you know, but I know it's a thing. Um, you just don't hear them that much because they don't get cut. Um, so if that text comes in during that one line they have to get or they'll or they won't get your song, they just won't get your song. So what you if you build one line to be a cornerstone of your song, most of the time it's become a stumbling block to your listener. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the line that provides a big twist ending. It can just be a line in the first verse that sets up that the singer is a single mom. I got one line sets up she's a single mom that kind of sets the tone for the whole thing, but it's all right there. If you miss that line, you don't understand she's a single mom. The rest of the song is not going to have the power. Okay, well you need to pepper that throughout. In case you miss that song, you need to make it clear a couple other times in the lyric that she's a single mom. So like, oh okay, maybe I came late to the party. I missed that part of the conversation. You know? Yeah. What I miss? Like you might be changing the radio station and then stumble on that song and the melody's great and you cop onto the lyric. But you should, if you're on the second line or the third line of the lyric, you should still be able to sort of comprehend where you're at, even though you missed the beginning of the movie kind of a thing, right? Exactly. Is that, is that right? You should be able to, yeah, you should be able to catch up. Right. Or, you know, so yeah, the first line, the first verse, it says, oh, he's in prison. Or he just got his heart broken. Whatever it is, you don't want to hang too much on that one line. Or maybe the one line in the second verse that reveals a, you know, she has a kid. And that's what sets a whole new tone to the second chorus or something you know just want to be wary of of like if while every single line really matters if there's one line that you can take out that totally destroys your song you need to spread that weight around and not have too much hang at one line so it's kind of like somebody's going to zone out and a certain percentage of your listenership is always going to be zoning out on a certain on each line okay so So how can i write in such a way to survive that yeah so in the art of communication which is songwriting which is also Mm -hmm. marketing right Mm -hmm. like we you and i have had several conversations about this and this kind of pertains to this it's almost like the curse of knowledge Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. you have the curse of knowledge like you think because you know the concept of the song because you're the writer and you you have the image the movie in your head that you're trying to describe that everybody else should have that same thing, but they don't. And so you exactly. need to kind of break it down in in, in in different pieces that are manageable and digestible, mm-hmm. maybe would be a good word, like, yeah. like little bits at a time where they can get that. But then contextually, if you miss one line, you're, you're, you're still going to get the, the movie. You're still going to get it somewhere else. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I think I never thought about it like that. It's a dangerous way to write because you're like, man, if they if the A and R person gets a phone call at the wrong time during that line, they're gonna pass on my song because they like, I, just, I don't get it or it doesn't connect as deeply as it should because there's something just missing. Mm. So just that. assume that, right? And I'm not talking about the hook because the hook repeats and that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so that's the the cornerstone stumbling block okay. line. Number one, number two. number one. All right, and the next one is the the wait for it line. Okay, so this one usually is the twist, the surprise or otherwise killer line where you think the listener will just listen through till we get to that line, which is like usually in the second verse of the bridge. They just stick around till then. I've got them. I hate to tell you, they're probably not going to stick around. Again, we got a lot going on, right? The danger with the wait for it line is that you can't make the listener wait for it. 
So every line needs to keep the listener's attention. You, you can't pepper cliches through the song until the wait for it line because the listener will just tune out literally or figuratively before the line ever gets there. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I got this song and it's like, oh, there's this twist coming that's just going to, you know. But you can't count on that to save the song. Mike, if I write a song that does have a twist ending, it you want to write it where even if you take that twist out, it's still a killer song. The twist like, is it's the cherry on top. It's exactly. Like every line up through there is going to be engaging and keep you there. And so even if somehow you took the twist out, it's like, well, that was a good song. I enjoyed it. Not like, oh, that was boring. But man, once that twist happened, it was really cool. Because yeah. you're not going to listen to that. I mean, we're going to tune out. We give a song, what, 10 seconds or less before we tune out? Johnny, you probably have numbers on that. But Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So the wait for it line, you, you can't have that. I mean, it's, it's cool to have a twist and, a, and something like that. But again, don't count on that to carry your song. Every line up through the wait for it line has to be worth waiting for. You know, every one of them has to be cool, carry its weight, bring the listener along. It's a step-by-step step process, and, and it's it's leading that horse to water and getting them. Exactly. Exactly. So it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, the first verse is cliche, but the course is killer. Mm. No. Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> it's such a great hook. That's kind of all you need is get back to the hook. No. Yeah. You need the other stuff too. You need to get me where I hear that hook. Otherwise, I'm going to tune out. And if nothing else, you have to work to get back to zero because you're in a hole because you've peppered me with cliches. So and the now other you gotta, day, uh, uh, sorry, the other day I was at a. Uh, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Uh, a writer's round at mm -hmm. the listening room with that guy that I was telling you about, Alex, right? And yeah. uh, sold out the listening room, him and the four writers. Cool. It was one song from this one writer that they had on there, and this guy wrote a, a bunch of hits that you would know. Mm -hmm. And it had this, it was a, a song about an alcoholic, but it was from the alcoholic's point of view. 
Yeah. Right? Like, what would he think about this? And so the chorus got, and I just remember there was that that getcha line, and this is where mm-hmm. I think, like, to 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 just from like the cheap seats, right? Of of the guy mm-hmm. who doesn't write like awesome lyrics. That's not me, but um, the uh, the the that that line, that getcha line, was it killed everybody, like in the. In the whole room, like I mean, people were clapping. Like <gasps> you could hear the gas when he mentioned that one mm-hmm. line. And I think that when you when when we write the wait for it line that you're talking about, like mm-hmm. that's what we're wanting to get. But yeah. it was because of the context of everything mm-hmm. leading up to that. And by the way, hit everybody's attention was mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like they were all talking. And then they said that one line, and he blew them away. Right, like, he exactly. had their attention from the first line. Yeah, and then and then they the whole story was being told, and then the twist came, and it was like, oh wow, you know, like mm-hmm. that. That's what hit. So I think sometimes people may be confused for that wait for it line because they hear that one smack across yeah, the killer. face that happens yeah. at the end of a hook where you're like, whoa, and you just your hair stands up, and yeah. that's good. But it, it that only works because of the context, right? He Before set you it, up and he kept set you, you up. Where you were in already, you're invested. Yeah. Because of every line leading up to that, so when it happened, you weren't like oh, boring, boring. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, you were. I'm sure you're like you were engaged and in it anyway up until that, and so you already he already primed the pump. And plus, it's a different thing too. This person already probably played a couple of their hits, had a name. You're expecting good stuff out of them. Yeah. Right. Because right. They, they got the track record. Right. So you're yeah. already primed to think you're prepared to love it. Yeah. <laughs> you're prepared to love it. Yeah. Um, whereas an unknown writer, you're prepared to go, this is probably not ready yet. Cause odds are it's not, That's it's right. not going to blow me. And I mean, psychologically don't. like that is like, listen to what I'm talking about. Like, could I effectively describe to you the lines before that after seeing it one time? No. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you the hook. I could tell you the line that blew me away. So that's what we remember, right? right. That's what yeah. we walk away like as a as a, 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 as somebody you know receiving that information. Like, oh my god, that was good. So that's what we remember. That's what we want to write, and then mm-hmm. we forget <laughs> that, that every line before that was well crafted, had a purpose, and carried you to that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Why and that line talk, worked? <laughs> yeah. And talking about you know how we're prepared to love. A hit writer stuff or whatever. I mean, you talk about the, the grace that you give them. If you know Jeffrey Steele or Shane McAnally or somebody is playing a song and and I'm not loving it, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe I just don't get it or something really cool is coming. Like, oh no way, okay, nah, they're better than this. Okay, if I'm just either not getting it or something's coming that's going to make this all right, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I'm, I'm going to forgive all this. <laughs> all right, oh no, it's coming because this is Shane McAnally we're talking about here. You know, exactly. bazillion hits. This is whoever. You know, if it's an unknown writer, just thinking. Yeah, hurry up. <laughs> you know, snoozer. Okay. <laughs> right. right. You know, and you, you're not going to hear the killer line because you're already gone to the bathroom. And that's that's part of the difference. Yeah. Just the other people have earned that benefit of the doubt, and the then the writer has yet. Yeah, it's that respect. Yeah, like if if I don't think it's great, it's probably just because I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas, I know writer like if I don't if it ain't great, it's because it ain't great. Oh, that's awesome, right or wrong. But that's that's the world we live in. So sorry, 
<laughs> All right, number three. All right, so we've covered the cornerstone stumbling block, the wait for it line, and so number three is the crossed that line. All right. Yeah, so this will really depend on your genre, right? But your song can be chugging along just fine, making the A and R person bob his head and tap his pencil and you know click his pen and all that good stuff. When all of a sudden you drop an f bomb, that has to be an f bomb because that's a rhyme, or you say something really negative about women in general, or something else that is a cut killer. Again, this depends on your genre. Right. <laughs> Some of our friends in other genres, maybe like, no, F-bombs are completely fine. Might work in rap, one, might not work in country. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Like, what if I don't have one, I might get dinged for it, right? right? So, it okay, apply to your particular circumstance. But, um, or it could be, you know, a line where all of a sudden you admit to playing chess. <laughs> or right. or something that's, you know, in whatever genre, like, what? That's not cool? Or, you know... I, I like to listen to my old Millie Vanilli records. You know, like a record scratch. <laughs> what? So, so whatever way that is, okay, in different, you know, it, whatever your genre is, it, it will apply. But so, again, your your songs chug along just fine. Then you just hit that line, which it was what I call call a cut killer. Just like, oh shoot, no, I can't, I can't cut that song with that line in it so an example of this might be a happy love song that has a line that out of the blue reveals that the singer is a parent or a grandparent okay so there's nothing wrong with being a parent or a grandparent and, or putting that in a song but it does limit which artists can sing it okay so it might even be a very important a part of the song that the singer be the parent or the grandparent but you just got to realize the trade-offs involved so this doesn't the cross that line doesn't necessarily mean it's uh a moral thing or it's a offensive thing it doesn't necessarily mean that it just mean like here's one line in your song because uh i remember i was doing song critiques at nsai so you know meeting with writers doing the one-on-one thing some years ago and person brought in a song it was a nice love song it was pretty and then like in the bridge they talked about you know after all these years together and we've watched the kids grow up and leave the house and blah 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 i was like oh commercially speaking you just so killed your chances, or at least narrowed them so much. Like, who can cut this now? Like Dolly Parton? Very, like, <laughs> like, yeah. And she's not going to get airplay. Or, uh, or no, she even have kids? Uh, you no. Know, so, no. So, uh, the Good thing point. is, it totally <laughs> narrows who can sing it. And up till this point in the song, it's like just a, a cool romantic love song. You know, you're my world, you're my everything kind of, you know, love song. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, that one line in you know, and now that the kids are gone, I, you know, get to spend all this time with you again, whatever. And you're like, Arr! you know, the breaks again. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to pitch that to Brad Paisley, but I mean, his kids aren't gone. Yeah. You know, He's not or, relate to that. he can't sell that. Like, exactly. You know, he may write about third person, you know, yeah. the old man on the park bench at Westtown Mall or whatever, like waiting for a woman, you know, but he's not going to be that guy that has the, the grown-up kids or the grandkids. So that's another example of that. So, yeah, it could be something just really offensive or something that just narrows the commercial window significantly. Um, again, whether or not it's offensive, it may not be anything bad, maybe something necessary for the song. We just go, you know, I just got to live with it. But just be aware of it. Make sure if you do it, you do it on purpose. Yeah, it could be kind of like a pig in the poke where you think it's one... Th- it, 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 you cross that line, it could be... Like as you said, it could—it's not 
morally offensive. It's not um, egregious. It's not um, hostile or anything like that. But where you think you're going down this road and it goes someplace, sometimes that twist can be cool. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're like, now that I was over here, like I was putting my, like you have to consider the listener, right? I was putting mm-hmm. myself in the story. Right. And I'm riding along in this one bench pickup truck with my man and life is good and I'm you've got me you've got me right there and all of a sudden wait what we're, we're grandparents like, no yeah like <laughs> oh but he just fell out what happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right so you gotta be yeah. you know yeah I get that that's good exactly. I never thought and, of that or another thing maybe let's say like in a country song you know it's a you know say another love song example and you just you know it's the hook is just some, a cool just love song you know and you're seeing about this girl's so everything in your world and all this stuff, and it's you know, or maybe it's a sexy thing, and then you just have it on like, yeah. And if I believed in God, I'd be thanking Him right now. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> uh, what'd you do that for? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Why? Right. We were having such a good time. We were as a moment, and now you have to go and no way eliminate half your audience or eliminate half country your music. Audience. Audience. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, no, I'm not singing. You know, you got to fix that. So that's just another example of the kind of the cross that line or how one line. And that's good. That's really good. <laughs> just, you know, because we we look for lines like that, and and sometimes it's cool to be colorful, and it's better to go too far than not far enough. I mean, you know, it's better to be kind of too bold than too vanilla. But be aware of, you know, and there's no hard and fast rule about where the line is. You know, it's different songs, different types of artists. I mean, one thing, you know, we talked about Killer Word a couple episodes ago for Eric Church. Some of those would have been way over the line for Kelsey Ballerini to sing or. Could be be brand specific. Exactly. You know, so there may be one line that just kills it for a certain brand of artist. You know. Yep. So it could be that kind of thing. It could be, you know, if you have a, you know, again, the love song thing, since that's the corner of the realm. And then you have one line about, you know, and and after all those hundreds of women I've been with, you made me forget about them. <laughs> well, okay, well, you can forget about that Josh cut <laughs> <Pett> too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. One thing, girls don't really want to hear that. Oh, yeah. thanks. Can you bring up your all your exes again? All of them. Oh, really? So we go alphabetically? A hundred. by state. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that'd just be one of those things like, ah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, no. We don't have to do this where we tell everybody everything about ourselves thing. <laughs> Some things just don't have to. Yeah. So, but we, do, we look for when we write and we go through like, okay, can this be misunderstood? Is this, you know, how can this line be interpreted, misinterpreted? Is this cool? Is this one sticking out like a sore thumb that pigeonholes it unnecessarily? That kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you just have to, you know, again, no hard and fast rules. You just kind of be aware of every line in your song. Want first of all, make sure they make sense and they they are pulling their weight and they're all serving the purpose of the song. And two, you want to make sure they, if anything, they broaden it and don't kill your chances. You don't want to cut killer. Yeah. No. So? All killer, no filler. Exactly, a killer in a good way. No cut killers. In a good way. So, 
Yeah. Oh, no, Let's cut killers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Cut I missed killers. That. You meant all killer, no filler, no cut killer. <laughs> but all filler, no ki- all killer, no filler, and no cut killer. That's that's not go. Yeah. That probably won't go on a bumper sticker. No, no climb swag for that statement. But anyway, that's what I had. And <laughs> that's good though. I mean, I, hey, I learned a lot. I learned yep. a lot. Like the, the now I'm thinking about a couple of songs that I wrote, and I'm like, oh, I screwed these things up already. Like I know that just in my. I'm not trying to get cuts. They're just for me, you know, but I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, we've all done it. That's the thing. We've all, I've done it. I mean, I would love, you know, for folks to go into the climb community on Facebook and, you know, we repost about this dropping, go in there, give us, you know, an example. Have you done it? I've done it. I'll yep. raise my hand. You know, we've all done it. So raise your hand. Let us know. <laughs> there we go. So with Confession that, time. Uh, Brett, <laughs> this is not all the only beautiful information that you brought to the game here like what else what else do we have to talk about what else you got that you're handing out well i got my free ebook which is uh gift from brent.com is called think like a uh, pro songwriter tells you it's just a, a handy kind of starter guide right if you're just new to this or new to the blog at songwriting pro pick it up check it out it's absolutely free it's my gift to you it talks to things like 10 ways to get on a music publisher's radar, which is definitely valuable. If you want to get cuts, you're probably going to need to know a publisher at some point. Uh, talks about how pro songwriters find out who's cutting and who's looking for songs. So if you want cuts, it, hey, here's some places you can go, and here's how we find out about stuff. And some things like that. Some good general mindsets to help you think like a pro songwriter. So you can get that at giftfrombrent.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of another awesome, uh, I hope to be, very informative climb episode at the hands of the master, Mr. Brent Baxter. That kind of rhyme. Did you like this? I, I like that. You like yeah. that? <laughs> Listen, guys, we want you to win. So thanks for listening. If you if you liked what you what you heard here, if you found this valuable, please uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh Tell your friends about it. Share it. Let people know. Turn them on to it. We've got a, a plethora of information that they can get through. And we just, you know, when we hear back from people, it's helping. We love it. We love it. We want to know more about it. So, anyway, again, we want you to win. Keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 